welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. And if you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 159 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about Chinese astrology, and my special guest is Mimi Young. Welcome, Mimi. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. It's so great to talk to you again. We've already spoken on my tarot podcast, so it is also amazing to connect with you here. And Chinese astrology is something I'm super nosy about. And like most folks, most of us are aware of our Chinese astrology sign. You know, for example, I'm you're the snake. But I know that Chinese astrology goes so much deeper than that. So let's start talking about what do we need to know about Chinese astrology? Do I just need to know my year of the snake? Or what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I, th I think that um, much like Western astrology, it's there's so much richness in knowing your sun sign. And yet there's additional richness when you can get to know other aspects. So in Chinese astrology, uh, there is an ascendant as well. The ascendant is determined based on what uh, hour you're born. Um, so they're segmented. Um, every two hours belongs to a specific animal. Um, and then it goes over the course of uh, the full 24, where all 12 animals are represented. Um, so I think that one piece alone uh, provides a lot of information. Well, that's really interesting. That you mentioned about the ascendant because many, many years ago, somebody said, oh, you're a monkey rising. And I'm like, monkey rising? I thought, well, it makes sense. I kind of like monkeys and relate to them. But, you know, it got me intrigued. So for me being, um, my sign is against snake, but I have a monkey rising. How might I interpret that? How could that add more? What would that say about me as a snake? Right. Yeah. So it provides additional flavor of how your kind of snake behaves. So you're the kind of, and because monkey is that rising for you, it means that, um, you get along with many different types of people. Um, chances are that uh, if you do belong to a group, um, which most monkeys don't, they typically belong to many groups or they have a lot of kind of smaller groups. But even if you do belong to a larger social group, it means that there's a lot of diversity and eclectic um, characteristics. It also means that you're a self-learner, um, that you know most likely you're not someone who really needs to be told it's more about learning through experience and a lot of experimentation and you know you know failure is probably one of your very best teachers um and monkeys are they're they're, they're smart as hell and, and so are snakes so it just means that it's a very specific type of intelligence that you love and favor and come naturally for you um yeah so and, and i would say that that is the case for anyone when they're looking at their rising um, in addition to their lunar sign. Well, I also, I, by the way, that's very accurate. That's extremely accurate. You know, I have a wide variety of people in my life, but I tend to like to do things on my own. 
I also am a lone wolf. If there was a Chinese astrology for a wolf, that would definitely be me. But that monkey thing makes a lot of sense. And that really adds a lot of depth then to the snake uh, energy, which I also identify with really strongly. So I know also in Chinese astrology, because I know so very little, but I know elements play a role in it. I mean, can yes. you speak a little bit more about the different elements? And I mean, I mean, of course, we know that in uh, Western astrology, we have uh, earth, air, fire, water. But what about Chinese astrology? What what elements are there? What what do they say? Yeah, so there's five elements in Chinese astrology and in you know, ancient Chinese esoterica, sort of, it's not just astrology, but it shows up in many other disciplines uh, within Chinese occultism. Um, so the five are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, and they correspond to specific years. Um, the last digit of the year, so for instance, currently we are in 2022, so we are in a water year. Next year is also a water year, and then we'll cycle through these two years of water, and then um, 2024 will be a wood year, and so forth. Um, so that adds flavor to not only your native lunar sign, so in your case, snake, um, but also in the rising. Um, and there's characteristics that are associated with each of these elements. And once again, it's not just the, the, the way that the Western elements are sort of interpreted, they're almost a bit more fixed, you know, like fire has these specific qualities or earth has these specific qualities. Um, there's, these are not only, you know, in, in Chinese esoteric, it's not just viewed as elements that are a little bit more fixed and stable, but also they're representing of phases out of a, out of a, a complete whole. So there are these phases that can sort of move in and move out um, and they, they dance um, with each of these specific animals and the, the flavor that comes through, the dance that comes through, that melody that comes through um, is really specific to uh, how that element and, and those two animals interact. So I find that also very interesting because, again, uh, you've got five different elements and there's metal in there and there's nothing metal in Western astrology. So, again, really, really intriguing to me. Uh, of course, you know, when we compare it to Western astrology, planets play a big role in Western astrology. Do they play any role in Chinese astrology? They can. And it's because um, the five uh, elements correspond to the five big planets. Um, this was, of course, when the naked eye could, uh, could view and still can only view these planets. And you know, with the arrival of the telescope um, and additional tools, there's more discoveries. So this is based off of a really ancient lunar system, and it still operates that way. And so with the elements, we we view it more as the elements. And then, yes, there's there's that correspondence to the planets. One other thing that I wanted to mention is that I have noticed, depending on where in the year you are born, it can bear a lot of relevance on the type of lunar animal that comes through. So for instance, I was born in the year of the horse, but I was born in the very last day of the horse. So if you look at the year as in the lunar year, the very start of the lunar year as the as the tip um, animatically of a horse, let's say the tip of a nose. 
And the very last day of the lunar year as let's say the tail of the animal, the, the last representation of the physical animal, that last day means that I was born when the tail of the animal can be really felt. Um, it means that uh, the tail of the animal and the horses are typically running um, is blowing a bit with the wind and with the momentum. It, share, it shows a lot about how I behave as a horse. It means that I can really respond well to momentum. I respond really well to uh, this idea of wind and waves and so forth. And it also shows that I don't really have as much of that headstrong quality that horses have because I was born on the very last day, not on the start of the year. So depending on when you were born, Teresa, um, you know, if let's say if you're born in the middle of the year, let's say if you're born around July or August, then that means that you would embody more of the belly of the snake. There's a different kind of quality of the snake that would come through because you're, if you look at that year compared to the physical anatomy of the animal, there is also that correspondence. Well, I was born in June, so I, I guess I would be close to that belly then. Yes. Yeah. So it means that you as a snake, you really like digesting things. You like processing things. And, and it means that, um, so for instance, those who are born in the start of the lunar year with a snake, it means that their eyes are really observant. And so their strengths are mainly through observation and, you know, um, first impressions are usually very sharp for snakes. But if you're born in the middle, it means that you are more of a thinker, a deeper thinker, and you want a bit of time to process. And because snake is a slower, more um, deeper thinking animal, you already have that no matter when you're born in the year, but even more so. So process is important for you. Deep thinking is important for you. Um, timing, your own timing is important for you. And once again, this makes a lot of sense to me. So, I mean, people can't see me here, but I'm nodding my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that actually makes, again, tremendous sense. So I know also that every year there's a new animal in charge. You know, for example, this year is the year of the ox. So what do we need to know about the yearly animals? Uh, this year we're, we're actually um, in the year of the tiger. Um, oh, the so tiger, that's the right. water tiger. That's right. We yeah, just got out um, of the year of the ox. Yeah. That's right. Never mind. Exactly. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Last. Uh, yeah. Last year was the ox. This year's the tiger, um, and it's a water tiger. And you'll see, there's lots of tiger things that are happening out there, and probably in here, in in our hearts and our minds as well. Um, tiger is an animal that I, I like to joke, but it's really kind of not a joke at the same time. Tiger has FOMO. It does not want to miss out. And it's also an animal that is prone to polarity and extremes. Um, it's, it's an animal that doesn't like to back down. So sometimes ego comes into play and you'll see this politically, you know, polarity, extremes, um, some some triggering very very big catastrophic triggering events that are not created so much by uh nature um which could still show up with a tiger year but oftentimes showed up um it, these big catastrophic events typically shows up through tiger's ego 
Now that is very interesting, especially considering the kind of year that we've been having here. Uh, so I can yeah. totally see that. So what about if somebody's born, let's say you're the tiger, does that mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, does that mean when we're in a tiger year, they're going to have a good year or does that mean, I mean, how might that impact them if they're having a year that's correlating with their sign? Yeah, so typically, if you are navigating through a year that is um, in that that is also your native sign, it means that you're going to feel more at home, and it means that your characteristics are you're going to feel more emboldened to to be who you are. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean good or bad. Um, it just means that that's like you're going to feel an emboldening. So my recommendation is if you are ever in a native year. It's important to be contemplative and ask yourself, you know, how much of this is exaggerated version of you? Um, and, you know, are, are you going to necessarily like the outcome? Is this necessarily your intention? Um, because I think it's really easy, especially, you know, when I think when I go on Instagram and I see these therapists saying, just be yourself. It's like, well, what happens if this, the, who you are is in the process of maturing and you're not really necessarily going to be proud of that aspect of yourself tomorrow if you behave like that today. Um, I think it's it's important to enter those sorts of conversations around authenticity with a little more new, um, nuance and maturity. So I feel that, you know, any native year, um, yes, absolutely embrace who you are, but also be thoughtful about it. Well, I think that's really good advice that everyone can take to the bank, definitely. So, if people, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yes. Me, me included. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, really, truly, that is such such wisdom. So, let's say people want to learn more about Chinese astrology. Where? What are your favorite resources? Where can people learn more about Chinese astrology? I would say number one, learn from someone who's Chinese. I, I say this because so much of our culture. Um, or sorry, let me back up. So much of Chinese astrology shows up in our culture, you know, in our everyday culture, in our cooking, in our planning of the day, in our planning of the year, in how we decide when is a good auspicious day to get married or to move or to start a new project. Um, these, these things are, even if you're not considered quote unquote superstitious, everyone understands it. So I feel that um, everyone of the culture understands it. So I feel that um, the first thing is to make sure that you're learning from someone who lives and breathes that culture and eats that culture. Uh, because if you don't, um, there's so much richness that is lost. Um, and it's that richness that actually makes Chinese astrology that much more relevant and applicable. And my sense is if you're going to learn astrology, you want it to have real world impact. Like you want to be able to experience the benefit of it. It's not just, you know, poetic things that you can hear and feel good about. It's, it's so much more than that. Um, I also teach a two-part Chinese astrology on-demand course. We, we're, it's really fun. Uh, we get very in-depth. We talk about everything that we talked about here and more, and we get much more in-depth. Um, we discuss you know, what does it mean when, let's say, your rising and your lunar sign are in textbook definition in conflict with each other? Because that often does happen. 
um, what happens when you are in not in your native year, but in a year that maybe your particular lunar animal doesn't get along with another animal, um, because these things also happen. So for instance, horses, I, you know, I'm a horse and all you horse listeners out there, it's probably not a great year to be making big financial investments for the year of the tiger. Um, because horses already like taking risk and tigers do too. So it just means that you're going to, you know, potentially you can make huge wins, but if you are not really wanting to go near those huge losses, then tiger is probably not a great year. Rabbit year, which is next year would be a better year. So we talk about those sorts of things. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's on my website. <laughs> well, that is fascinating. I love that you teach this because of course, my next question was, do you teach a class? And that I think for my listeners, who want to know more, they're probably going to be very excited to sign up for this. Um, I know I am right away. My ears perked up as soon as you said that. So I'm going to be checking that out uh, later today. Uh, this is so much good information. You've really given me some clarity around Chinese astrology. Of course, I want to learn more. Mimi, thank you so much for being here. And again, could you tell people where they can find you and where they can sign up for the class if they want to learn Chinese astrology with you? Or maybe if they want to get a reading with you uh, with this method. Uh, so um, my website is shopceremony.com. Ceremony is spelled with an I-E at the end. I'll also make sure, Teresa, that I provide you with the link that you can include in the show notes for the Chinese astrology parts one and two. And yeah, I um, also invite listeners to follow me on Instagram. It's also shop ceremony with an IE at the end. And if you navigate um, on my website, uh, there's a lot of information on all sorts of things from how Chinese astrology can be of support for you. But also, for instance, in my mystery mentorship program, I go much more in depth with the I Ching, which is an extension of the studying of those five elements in a much more, much more robust way um, where divination and self um, clarity and connection with the spirits can be explored and so, so much more. Amazing. Well, I'm going to definitely have to talk to you in the future about I Ching, because I think my audience would also be very interested in that. So super cool. All right. Oh, so that. yes, definitely. People, you know what to do. You want to get over to Mimi's site, check her out, follow her on Instagram, sign up for that Chinese astrology class and learn more about this ancient uh, wisdom. And hopefully you'll find that it is going to enhance your life, which I think it will. And that's all for today's episode. And by the way, I want to remind you, if you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Get on over to iTunes, leave a review, because that is the best way to help new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. Again, that is thetarolady.com and I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode. <music>